In this episode, we discuss My Soul to Take by Master of Horror, Wes Craven. Wait, that's a typo. It just says Mr. of Horror. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot K. Lynn. It sounds so weird tonight, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, what's uh, wrong with this episode? Weird. Yeah, if the sound... It's like we're recording in a spooky house. <laughs> or in outer space. Or using a shitty internal microphone. So if things sound... Uh, where's, it, what, where's your imagination, Dan? I'm sorry. What kind of scenario is that? Maybe it's I a microphone it at, in outer space. I left okay, it like at it. my local library. And we're going to fight some snorks. It's not in outer um, space. Some snakes? No, I, I like the snorks. They're the guys with the things on their heads, mm. right? Yeah, they're underwater. Then we talk like this. We introduced the idea that the episode sounded different, and then we didn't explain it. Well, explain it, Professor. Uh, so I thought I had solved all of our audio problems, um, that we had improperly shielded cables and it would be fixed by getting... What do you mean by problems? Uh, well, I mean the fact that, uh, we tried to record an episode, namely the Beastly episode. A couple weeks, about a month ago. And we okay. started picking up, um, uh, radio signals that seemed to be sort of, uh, now were these hip hop and RB, maybe some reggae? I thought, that, I thought these... we were just trying something different that episode. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we're, we're just we're experiment, not. just trying to get in touch with a more this urban not a audience <laughs> situation. If now would it have been better if we had picked up radio signals like in the movie Contact that told us how to build a space platform? Um, that would have been better. Okay, we would have been we... reunited with our father in alien form. Well, my dad is still here. Okay. What was the in movie where uh, where the uh, the guys like dad was sending radio signals back in time or something? Oh, frequency. Shit? Yeah, mm-hmm. and would it be like that? <laughs> so, despite the unhelpful, uh, maybe that reggae was from from the past. Yeah. yeah. Point is, uh, we watched a whole movie tonight. And um, after successfully recording the Happiest Millionaire episode, thinking that all our problems were in the past. Yeah, much like the Happiest Millionaire. Uh, we watched a movie uh, tonight that, uh, after we were done, I turned the machine on, and lo and behold, more, more reggae. Rego? So, more oregano. <laughs> Um, or ragu, old world style. So I guess. So the, while Dan was fiddling with this machine that we record on, Elliot and I were making jokes. Oh, we were talking about the movie. Yeah, we were I was practicing our sweating in my in my on air conditioned apartment because I turned the air conditioner off because we were going to be recording. Yeah, and I Stuart and I were eating ice cream, swearing at the machinery, and rubbing ice cubes in our armpits. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and doing it with girls. It seems a just partying. <laughs> it was a pretty wild party above the table while you were under the table fixing yeah. this thing. Well, I didn't fix it. I mean, like the it president was there. No nerds allowed, etc. It appears to be that the <laughs> problem with uh, things is not that. Uh, I mean, we didn't fix it before. It seems that probably what happened was the radio station just wasn't broadcasting. Yeah, before. in the middle of a the pirate radio sta- reggae radio station apparently not broadcasting in the middle of the day on a Saturday. I'm imagining like a uh, like a reggae bootleg version of Christian Slater mm-hmm. uh, behind the behind the helm. I think it's that station from those what is it beer commercials or liquor commercials 
that radio station. But the Red Stripe ones? Yeah, the... yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone knows anything about RF interference out there, uh, please uh, feel free to uh, write us at theflophousepodcast.com, gmail.com. Um, or if you sorry, know anyone named Podcast at gmail.com. you know anyone named RF interference, like Rodney Franklin interference. I don't think that would actually help. But, um, Richard Farrington interference. I mean, all I've been able to find is that maybe I could buy some ferrite chokes uh, to choke my ferrets with, I assume. Sounds uh, like something that Magneto would use. Uh, yeah. Apparently that would uh, maybe help. Why would you choke your ferret? I don't know. I don't know how that helps. Uh, I think they're made of ferrites and they choke uh, radio They're made of ferrets? Oh, okay. They kill ferrets. radio waves. Why didn't we just watch Beastmaster tonight, guys? Got <laughs> yeah, ferrets it's got it. ferrets up the wazoo. Point is, um, right now we are recording on the internal microphone of my MacBook uh, because no wires means nothing to act as an antenna. Mm-hmm. Science. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what's happening. Chemistry. Um, but if anyone wants to come Biology. to my house and fix this or donate, like throw a bunch of money at the problem, maybe... Uh, yeah, just throw out. a bunch of money at your computer right now. Let's see if that works. <laughs> sure. <laughs> throw a handful of bills. Throw my wallet at it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, wait. Was that a sound effect was, of your wallet? Like, yeah, was that, that a loud so sound cool. effect? I don't or, think the mic picked sorry. that one up. Okay. Yeah, Dan's not exactly the Michael Winslow I don't want to of, of this generation. Something at my actual computer. <laughs> On the other hand, he's not the Carl Winslow of his generation either, which is good. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to deal with the Urkel of his generation. Um, Wait, which which Urkel was that? Was that the later Steve days Urkel. one where he was like a super scientist? Or the same the early... Urkel. I, I thought he was kind of different, though, later the Same on. guy. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, we're hoping that you bear with us through the um, the audio issues. I know we don't and sound the long introduction. as beautiful as we normally do. Stuart, in particular, his yep. sonorous yep. voice. We're not doing it justice. But hopefully I will sound less nasal and whiny. <laughs> Dan, I don't Dan, think that's going to happen. Dan I and I had a really oh, big wait fight. a minute. <laughs> Dan and I had a really big fight at the beginning of the recording of the movie, so we're still working out our issues. Mm. So bear yeah. with us. And Elliot's kind of being a baby. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how I'm being a baby. <laughs> Let's just get I on asked with the you movie. to change my diaper and feed me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I'm a baby. They asked for a binky. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't so, know. So Speaking of Elliot... I cried because my tooth was cutting through my gums. <laughs> Suddenly I'm a baby. This is the part of the podcast uh, that our, <laughs> our longtime listeners will remember is where Elliot tells us what actually happened in the movie. I'll try to do this. My Soul to Take. The movie was called My Soul to Take, directed by Wesley Craven. And written by Wesley Craven. And written Craven. by Wesley Craven. North by Northwest Craven. Uh, and... The reason I was being a baby is because these guys were arguing during the movie, and it was making it hard for me to pay attention to it. Why? I because mean, what you was going on slowly. Because or? what was going on with you was so much more dramatically interesting mm-hmm. in your argument over the location of a bachelor party than this serial killer movie. But I like I like how this music uh, this movie's filled with all these crazy musical cues that come up once every two minutes. So it was like I I think it made our argument even more exciting. Oh yeah, no, it was like your argument has soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so should I say what this movie was about? Oh, please do, because I still don't think I understand. Okay, it starts out, uh, there's Raul Esparza, uh, who you may know as the star of the recent revival of Steven Sondheim's Company on Broadway. Um, Perhaps you saw it on PBS's great performances. (laughs) Sure. Uh, he has appeared in a number of Sondheim productions. I actually just saw him in Tom Stoppard's Arcadia earlier this year. 
Anywho, Raul Esparza is uh, a... That's for your uh, podcast, Sond Opinions. That's my broadcast, uh, my Broadway podcast. Sond. Sond. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. The house cat making a much earlier appearance than you The did. house cat is a Broadway fan. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was the Annie Hugh that uh, brought him in. It's like, <laughs> a, like a mating call for the house cat. Right. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, the so Raul, Raul Esparza is a family man. He is painting a toy wooden rocking horse and a toy dollhouse. As dads do. As they do when they're craftsmen. As his wife watches a news story about a serial killer in their town called The Ripper. Pregnant wife. His pregnant wife, yes. Uh, We know she's pregnant because in the first scene we see her belly and then a little miniature hand push against the inside of it. From the inside, yeah. Perfectly formed hand. Just as babies do. listeners, uh, write in and tell us if that happens, whether you can see the full outline of your baby's hand pressing against your stomach. Like your skin is like, it has like the thickness of, I don't know, like a thousand count, thread count sheet or, or something. Like a balloon, you sure. know, like pushing through the side of a balloon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he has a pregnant wife. It turned, he suddenly goes into a psychotic fit. This all takes about, this whole section I'm going to tell you takes about Six minutes, it feels like. Like, it's su- it's all super quick. It gives you whiplash. It, he has a psychotic fit and discovers that he is actually the Ripper. He has multiple personality disorder. He goes crazy and kills his... Calls his psychiatrist and then finds out that he has killed his wife. Uh, a policeman comes in and he attacks the policeman. Mm-hmm. He attacks an EMT worker. Played by our good friend, Eric Zuckerman. Eric Zuckerman, who is a, go- a good friend of ours. And, uh, That's not a lie. No, yeah. It would be a strange life. Like, since no one's heard of him. We know a guy named Eric Zuckerman. Perhaps you heard of him. He played Doomsday Guy in War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. This has been uh, He played the droppers. guy. <laughs> name, of name droppers. He played the guy at the pewter shop in, in the recent edition of The Office. Edition of The Office? Like the an episode. episode. Yeah. Sure. I have I mean, a first edition him, of yeah. The Office at home. <laughs> signed by The Office. Uh... So he goes on a kill-crazy rampage. He's subdued. They think he's dead. He jumps up again. He is subdued. They take him in an ambulance along with uh, the policeman who's been attacked. And His knife. Eric Zuckerman is driving the ambulance. It turns out he is not sedated. The, the killer, he attacks again, and the ambulance explodes. Mm-hmm. And I think their, their biggest mistake... Thus I'm, exits our friend from the movie. <laughs> yes. I think their biggest mistake was... Leaving the serial killer's knife on the serial killer in the serial killer's hand. bagged that for evidence. The maybe. biggest mistake was leaving the knife in his hand and allowing him to just lie on a gurney unrestrained. Yes, mm-hmm. when he has already faked his own death and slashed at them minutes before. <laughs> yes. It's not even like this is something they forgot happened. Yes, He's, he played a good possum. Mm-hmm. Yes, in Pogo in, possum. Yes, in Pogo the movie. <laughs> Starring Raul Esparza as the lovable Pogo. <laughs> you learn about uh, politics and stuff, right? Broadway's Bernadette Peters as Mamzelle Hepzibah, the lady skunk. Who do you see for Albert? I think, um, oh, why can't I remember his name? You know, from uh, the Larry Sanders show and uh, Arrested Development. Oh, you think Jeffrey Tambor? Jeffrey Tambor as Albert, Albert the Alligator. Alligator. Oh, yeah, it's a must. Casting. And maybe Harlan Williams as uh, the turtle Ch- Churchy LaFemme. <laughs> I don't know. Harlan Williams is pretty busy nowadays. <laughs> it's true. If we can get into his schedule, perhaps. Maybe you get uh, Zach Galifianakis for Porky. A perfect, perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Porky the Porcupine. 
oh, I'm so much more interested in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a good Pogo movie, yeah. and we'll get Zack Snyder to direct it. Mm. Of course. And he knows no, comics. No, no, yeah, what? he's a, he's he's a big comics guy. And uh, Joe Esterhaus. Which right why, why? Oh, God, you're ruining, you're ruining it. <laughs> a lot of sex. A lot of oh. sex and murder. One of my favorite things in the world you're ruining right now. Pogo Possum was a schoolgirl outfit. Music by Angelo Badalamente. Okay, well, it's getting better again. <laughs> but it's mostly I mean, covers. Inappropriate. But... Mostly covers of songs. Oh, no. <sighs> well. And a, one original song by uh, Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so we it's suddenly six years, 16 years later. Yep. And there's a Flash bunch of... forward. Flash forward 16 years. There are seven kids in this town who were all born prematurely on the night the Ripper died. And they have this kind of hazing ritual where someone dresses up like the Ripper and then one of the kids has to, like, defa- has to fight him. The Riverton Ripper? The Riverton Ripper, yes. The okay. very same. The very same Riverton Ripper. Uh, the kid in this case is a kid named Bug, who is a shy guy, but he sees the world in kind of an offbeat way. He's Named kind after of, the William Friedkin film, I assume. Yes, the hit William Friedkin <laughs> film, Bug, based on the play of the same name. And he's kind of a, like, shittier version of Brewster McCloud, in that he's a shy guy with no friends who makes a costume with giant wings. Uh, anywho, uh, again, to make a very long story short, uh, there are a bunch of other kids at the school... They start being, but not for long. But not for long. They start being killed one by one, and it turns out that uh, his sister, who uh, Fang, who runs the kind of mean girls clique that runs the school, is the daughter of the serial killer. He, uh, Bug, is the son of the serial killer. He was the baby inside the pregnant woman's belly, and even though she died, the fetus was still alive, and they were able to pull him out. Uh, like Macduff in Macbeth, mm-hmm. ripped untimely from his mother's womb, he was. Uh, and some one of their friends. Sure. It seems that uh, the soul of the Ripper has entered one of their friends and is killing everybody. Or the Ripper is still alive and is back. Mm-hmm. Either is equally plausible. Or it could be Bug. He's the son of a serial killer and kind of crazy. So, am I alone in thinking that in the first thirty minutes the movie assumes that we know? these characters and have known them for quite a while yeah the movie seems to think that it is the sequel to a movie we saw already or like or like we watched an entire season of this shitty high school drama and then all of a sudden they're like yeah we're just gonna wrap it up by killing everybody yeah although to be fair you guys did argue a lot during the scenes where they were introducing these characters but there was definitely like an assumption uh i don't want to by the way i don't want to worry the flophouse audience Stuart and i have made up kind of okay well i mean Stuart. (laughs) i mean like there will always be scars. I can tell that Stuart's still irritated with me, like deep down. But at the same time, I can tell that it's going to be okay. So, uh, I mean, this isn't this like a rift us. in the flop house, no, right? No, 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 daddy, other daddy. Why are you fighting? <laughs> are you going to get a divorce? Is well, it because, because of me? No, it's because uh, I'm the cool dad. Okay. He's the Paul Reiser dad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tough but fair. And we fight sometimes. That's the way it works. So I'm the daughter in yeah. my two dads? You're the daughter you're the from... You're the daughter. Uh, she's out of this world. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so I can stop time and go turn what? What else can you do? She, get, she got to pick one more power, but uh, she did not pick any of them because they were all double-edged swords. Should, uh, well, I'll pick one of them. By the way, this should be the new Flophouse contest is that uh, listeners should write in about what they imagined we were fighting about. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I, I would li- I would enjoy that much more than thinking about our actual fight, but uh, anyway, because it still upsets you. 
Sure. Keep in mind, this like is it. the day that uh, the nude photos of Scarlett Johansson were leaked on the internet. So yeah, it and they were like nothing was ever going to disappoint. So that could, was going to ruin anything so ever again. Maybe that's what they were arguing about. It wasn't, but let your imagination soar. Yeah, with the one Eagles. was disappointing. One wasn't so much disappointing. Anyway, okay, we, we'll talk we can about save that for your perv cast. <laughs> <laughs> We've already established in previous podcasts that Dan is a perv who women are disgusted Despite by. Despite his mild mannered exterior. <laughs> Inside beats the heart of a rapist. <laughs> Whoa. So, Whoa, you went way further than... What you got it from in, it was a surgery transplant. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, was... we received the heart of a rapist in a transplant. <laughs> it's like the movie a Body Parts starring, starring <laughs> Jeff Fahey. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Baboon? So it's like Untamed Heart meets Body Parts. Yes. Awesome. Well, the thing was, it wasn't uh, a baboon's heart of a baboon that was rapist. It was someone who raped baboons. Yeah. Okay. So he... Wait... So the baboon it's wants to complex. take it out on But he his... was an organ donor, which you have to admire. <laughs> yeah. Wait, the baboon was an organ No, donor? the guy. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't all bad. He cared about passing I mean, his baboon but, but raping his, heart, his heart on to others. I mean, yeah. his heart was bad. We've, uh, we've agreed Oh, yeah, that that's that, why Dan is yeah. a perv to this day. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the so point was... So part of him was bad. The point was, though, there was not enough character development laid down well, early sketched, on to make us them care out. about these people dying. They sketched them out in very broad strokes, and I kind and of they hoped... speak really quickly. Yeah, I think they kind of hoped that our knowledge of high school, like, mm-hmm. archetype characters would get us through this. Like, oh, that's the popular girl, and that's the religious girl, and that's the nerdy guy, and that's the bully. <laughs> that's the girl named Fang. And that's we all had Fang. one. Yeah. <laughs> cool, yep. They usually weren't the ones on the top of the heap. Usually <laughs> Fang was on the bottom. But but uh, yeah, I think they overestimated how much we would give a shit about these characters. Yeah. Uh, because when they start dying, and they start dying, it's like suddenly in a big clump, a bunch of them are just killed one after the other. And it's not that you never get a sense of like, who's it going to be next? Like, uh-oh, who's going to be killed? Because... Suddenly they're all dead, and there's just a couple left, and then it's the end of the movie. But it feels very long. And you ha- you feel empty inside. And afterwards you feel empty inside. I mean, I don't. I ate like a whole box of Popeyes beforehand. So yeah. I feel pretty full. And you're that burger. Oh, man. And I... you have an evil heart inside you. Yeah. <laughs> I can never feel empty inside, because I'm full of anger. <laughs> Uh, but eventually, should I re- just talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Eventually that. it turns out that uh, one of the characters you thought it was... Uh, the the main character's creepy best friend, who keeps appearing and disappearing like a ghost, the most obvious suspect, actually the has character that I up until ten minutes before the end of the movie still assumed was just like another personality, yeah, like an imaginary friend of the main. character. It turns out the souls of the people who died that day have kind of jumped into jumped into the babies born, and the Ripper jumped into his soul, and for some reason, I guess waited sixteen years to take over and start killing people. Yeah, and uh, they fight and the good guy kills the bad guy and the it's end. It's barely a fight. Like, when he finally confronts, when his friend fi- finally confronts him, they, like, argue for a minute and then he stabs him. It's one of those fights you see in movies a lot where the bad guy decides to attack belly first and yeah. the good guy happens to be holding a knife in his hand and it goes yeah. into said belly. Well, that's bad what strategy. makes him a hero is that he holds a knife the right direction. Yeah, well, it's like all the villains decided to use their sumo training at that moment. Yeah, it's like the end of a never-ending story when that monster thing jumps at Atreyu and he stabs him. No, the end of never-ending story is when Falcor rides into the real world and scares the bullies. Mm-hmm. Wait, that actually happened? I thought that was all just a dream. Well, no, it was a movie. Uh, it didn't actually happen. It's not a documentary. <laughs> the kid punches the air. And he's like, yeah! Take that air. When, ba- when Bastion's riding on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so it's a pretty, it's a very generic movie. And it's also never really explained how the Ripper, who we see as this big hulking kind of Rob Zombie-esque character, how that and this wimpy little kid are the same guy. Well, well the reach is almost like a dreamlike quality. <laughs> Couldn't even say it without laughing, could you? <laughs> I mean, the premise of this film uh, opens up to a lot of questions. I mean, one that I brought up during the movie was like, early in the film, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to accept that this demonic sort of killer character can jump from person to person. Like, he can have it. Like in the movie Ascension. Yeah, or Fallen. uh, Fallen. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Fallen, not Ascension. It's the exact opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But, um,. Yeah, but then, like the like the good characters, like I mean, I'm not good, but like the kids, like they're no good start, characters. They're all pretty bland. Like they all start assembling; their souls start assembling within our main character. And I'm like, so this is what happens to everyone when they die? Is yeah, like, souls jump into other people. I would like it more if each time he got a new soul, he gained some like abilities mm-hmm. that that person had. Like he probably knowledge. should have. Yeah, some like knowledge. That I mean, they the had last soul he absorbs him. is of a blind kid, so that really wouldn't help him. That much. I mean, well, he's got. He, Increased uh, hearing ability to you know, use smell. one of the sticks. <laughs> yeah, you're increased right. Taste powers. He does have increased senses and stick abilities. <laughs> stick ability. I mean, that is like basically there is basically Daredevil. He has better senses and he can use a stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what blind people are like. Yeah, I mean, we just covered that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the it's a movie that kind of makes up the rules as it goes along. It almost feels like a movie where they didn't know who the killer was going to be. The only the end. rule. Is there are no rules. Yeah, though that makes for bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> that makes for movies like Sucker Punch. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but it's it it's said that this is like a Wes Craven movie. Like I've I don't love Wes Craven. I've never really I never thought of him as one of the great <laughs> filmmakers. But like it seems like he can, he's done much better than this before. Well, it feels we were, beneath him. We were all able to mention like a Wes Craven movie that we like. I yeah. Mean, you know, uh, Stuart is a fan of the people under the stairs. Yeah, it's amazing. I think that the... Uh, <laughs> amazing is going a little far. <laughs> I think the original Scream is good. You I like, like New Nightmare. New Ni- I also like New Nightmare. I mean... Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. But People Under the Stairs. <laughs> it's about people. What a Cracker Jack picture. Well, why the why didn't they make People Under the Stairs 2 above the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to have to be a movie in your mind, Elliot. Mm-hmm. You mean a book, book on tape? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to make a novelization of the sequel, too. But they didn't even make the movie. I mean, they could make it, though. Like, it's there's still time. That's like, years ago, they came out with a book of Blade Runner 2. Awesome. Do you guys remember that? Did they call it Blade Runner 2? Yes, or? it was a hardcover book that said in big letters on the cover, Blade Runner 2. Oh, nice. Was it made in America, or was it like the uh, like the Italian no, no, zombie was, movies where they... <laughs> no, it, was, it was an authorized sequel to Blade Runner. Oh, okay. It was written by Alan Dean Foster. I don't think so, but okay. he does write that kind of stuff a lot. He seems to live off of Transformers novels these days. <laughs> which, by which you mean he eats them. <laughs> yes. He's a bibliophore. <laughs> well, so a lot, lot to talk about this movie. It is very... Oh, yeah. well, this was a really generic movie. For the, well, first ten, for the first ten minutes, I thought the entire movie was just going to be... Uh, like two or like maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half of stuff happening, and then somebody else waking up from a dream. Mm-hmm. Like flash, there's a lot of that. Somebody else just woke up. There's a lot of characters just suddenly waking up from dreams, and you start to wonder, like, is this like a stealth Freddy movie? Like, is this going to be a movie about a dream killer? But no, it's not. I mean, they do. Uh, 
I mean, they do inject a fair amount of Freddy into this Ripper character. Well, the Ripper, start, it's weird because he starts out being really silent when he's killing people in the present, but then eventually he starts going like, hey, we're, hey bitch, you know, and stuff like that. You know, yeah, Freddy Krueger stuff. Like Freddy. <laughs> and, and it struck me as, I realized how weird it is that Freddy's catchphrase was basically just calling people bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the very, same way he's that, very catty. The same way that the memorable line from the Jason movies is, hey, asshole. <laughs> like, they really weren't working very hard. <laughs> I mean, there is a memorable scene in this movie where um, there is the main character has uh, done a presentation oh. about the California Condor. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, his friend Alex, his friend who turns out to be the Ripper, is wearing a giant uh, Terry Gilliam esque horrifying Condor suit, which he uses to terrify the bully, and then um, it sprays like this e- this evil smelling vomit, sprays like bile and vomit. Much like condors apparently do, but Bug is it like made this costume that day. But that also leads to like the weird like wacky end credits to the movie where there's an animated condor and all wearing a vest. Yeah, it's like is this a Pink Panther film? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. It's a very grim movie, and then all of a sudden like everything's okay and here's a cartoon condor. There are moments in the high school scenes where it feels like Wes Craven's trying to be very upbeat and kind of like satirical kind of or yeah heathersy like dark comedy ish but they don't mesh with the horror scenes i mean all the scenes are pretty dull but some of them seem to be like an exaggerated high school movie whereas others are just kind of wrote by the numbers horror stuff and it's it's tough to do like uh, a goofy high school stuff and then also try and pair it with like kind of heavy crappy metaphysical like, soul-based horror stuff. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't horror, but kind of Donnie Darko achieves that to a certain extent. Kind of, like, joke high school scenes, but then also kind of, like, over-the-top, heavy science fiction stuff. But the, one of the, if if Donnie Darko was successful, it was because it it seems at least somewhat patient when yeah. it does that stuff. I'll Whereas give you that. this movie is, like, trying to blast through its runtime as quickly as possible. It does feel, there are moments where it's like, yeah, 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 souls move from body to body. Anyway, let's go. Killer. And the weird thing about this, I mean, like, I, I, you know, I commented on at the time, like, there's a scene at the end where it's almost like a Columbo episode where the guy's laying out, like, oh, okay, well, you had time, like, he's like, you're the killer because you had time to go over here and over here, and like, yeah. now your your ear is bleeding, and I hit you in the ear before. He and- says, your ear, there's. Blood on your ear, almost as if you were hitting the head with a vase. <laughs> and it flashes back to him hitting the, the killer in the head with a vase. It's like, well, there are any number of reasons someone's ears can bleed. That's, I mean, it, it does look like a vase wound. <laughs> <laughs> it's got those telltale vase shards. There's a rose thorn the, in your the ear. The funniest thing about it, though, is they take a really long time him explaining to his friend why his friend could be the killer. And guess what? His friend turns out to be the killer. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. like... That, that's all disproved or like it's all red herring no it's just a really long way to find out that this guy or even is. as if the his friend was multiple personality and didn't know he was the killer like he, he's Which standing there getting really ready to do that well yeah. that, i mean like and that's Wes craven like flashing back to scream he's like let me graft the end of scream onto this uh more like exorcisty like soul-based kind of uh horror movie. like a different genre of horror movie like now is getting this like scooby-doo ending where it's like you were the killer all along it reminds me of the ending of john knots (laughs) that's right (laughs) i did it (laughs) and i'd kill them all again i love to feel the 
warmth of blood as it flows over my hands. It's the only thrill I have. <laughs> oh, man, anyway. he's, he's falling a long way after the apple dumplings. <laughs> yeah, that's the apple. And, but the, it reminded me of the ending of the movie Identity with John Cusack, where you, you learn the whole thing is happening inside of one person's head, and all the yeah, characters... John Cusack's head, right? No, John Cusack's one of the personalities inside of a bald Wait, prisoner's head. what are you talking head. about? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me just... isn't there, like, a little kid murdering all these people inside, inside John Cusack? It's not inside no, it's, John Cusack. Uh, it's it's inside a prisoner's head. Okay. And the big guy from the movie Heavy. With the wacky eyes. Oh, uh, John Heavy. Yeah, sure. But uh, he is... There's a part where John Cusack is like, of course, and they show the kid who's the murderous personality. They show him literally like how he accomplished right. each of the murders, and it's like, you don't have to fucking show us this. It's not real. It happened yeah. inside of a crazy person's head. Like, you don't need logic here. It's yeah. like you're not like this is how a little kid could actually murder a full grown man. Yeah, of course. While we were looking away, he crept over here. No, it's not real. Like, like it doesn't thanks, have to follow. Encyclopedia Brown. I need to fucking find out this one. <laughs> Because I was ragging my brain with the brain teaser of how this kid jumped out of a window and chopped a guy's head off. <laughs> Turns out it's because none of them are real. <laughs> this is all stupid Turns out craziness. I wasted my entire time, my entire afternoon watching oh, this movie. Very few movies as, that I wished. I was so glad as that one that I saw it for free. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, well, I mean, the thing is, like, as just like a, like a sheer like exercise and like okay, like moment to moment yeah. movie making, I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this. But then at the end, I was like. This is fucking retarded. What identity <laughs> this is, or? Yeah, this is this is this does not make oh, any. From beginning to end, that was stupid. Uh, yeah, I'd rather watch my soul to take than identity. I don't know yeah. if I'd go that far because identity is crazy. Okay, but my soul to take. So that's my recommendation for tonight. There's it's, identity. No, and it's not. But there's a be. Ripper character in this one that I like that sounds a little bit like Freddy. He does occasionally, but he never becomes his own character. That's the thing. No, he looks like uh, Rob Zombie. He looks like Rob Zombie. He just kind of talks like this Possibly occasionally. Possibly in an uh, attempt to vilify Rob Zombie. When Rob Zombie's doing that himself, just yeah. fine. Actually, no, he's not. He seems like a pleasant enough fellow. Mm-hmm. In his in the movies, he hosts for Turner Classic Movies every now and then. Mm-hmm. And he seems uh, very, you know, uh, very keen on putting his wife Sharon Moon Zombie on display in each of his films. Yeah, I mean, firm I don't cast, which firm cast material. No, <laughs> yes. I'm just, no, I'm just saying he's a sharing fellow. Alert. Alert. He cannot he's mention. It's like you have a, It's like your brain is a nudity seeking <laughs> missile. <laughs> like what? Is, it's like you can't go t- ten seconds without thinking they, of a way to turn it to boobs. Do they have those? Do they have nudity seeking <laughs> missiles? They don't. How much do they cost? <laughs> Can and I get seven? Just, do they just when they? Detonate? Do they just create a wind effect like the end of screwballs, blowing all the tops? <laughs> yeah, off just of blowing women? clothes off. Sure. But it seeks nudity, so it's not like it's it's not looking for clothed women. Well, maybe so that the clothed women near the nude women get their tops blown off too. Oh, okay. Right? So like the like where are the, they hanging out? There are these nude women with clothed women hanging around. I don't know, like at a school assembly or like <laughs> why are there those, nude women uh, at a school assembly? Some of those nude about... women, clothed women mixers. They're like, like see how the other half <laughs> like works. a oh, top, point. topless football match. Uh-huh. Played in the mud. Like Hots. Yeah. Like the movie Hots, which stands for Hot Ots. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, right? Like, what is that? It's got initials. What does it stand for? The movie's H O T S. I can't. I bet you some listener of this podcast knows what Hots sound, spell, stands for. Right in. So right in, because we we're too lazy to Google. I'm not so Google. Talk that. about it at parties. <laughs> what parties are we at? The people are interested. I'm at all in this. kinds of fucking parties, dude. <laughs> You're at Hots parties? <laughs> well, we talk about Hots sometimes. <laughs> 
I'm not going to let you in on that. A lot of things. Contemporary poetry, politics, hots. That's, <laughs> these are sophisticated parties. The three uh, major topics of yeah, our time. I mean, uh, I'd call them the pillars. Just me and David Remnick and uh, Lionel Trilling talking <laughs> about hots. Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, so, uh, so, my soul to take. My soul to take. It's got an irritating name. It does. Mm-hmm. Terrible title. Hard to remember. It was released in 3D originally, but not filmed in 3D, and you can tell. That's a good sign. And it was the lowest grossing 3D film at the time. At the time. I read in Wikipedia that that was replaced by Gulliver's Travels. (laughs) (laughs) The movie where the ad for it shows Jack Black saying, it hurts my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, they that boiled was from it down. the original Jonathan Swift. That was, <laughs> you can't uh, blame Jack Black. A lot of Gulliver's Travels, the book, is about his butt getting hurt. <laughs> By big guys, little guys, horse people. They just love to hurt his butt. Mm-hmm. It's much like, there's a scene early, I mean, there's a lot of scenes in Don Quixote, that are, the book, that are basically just slapstick. But I remember reading it, and there's a scene at the beginning where Don Quixote mixes up he, what he says is medicine, but it's just garbage. And he makes he drinks it to make Sancho Panza drink it, and they're just pooping and throwing up all over the place. And it's I'm reading it, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, seriously, this is what's going on? It's like Dumb and Dumber over here. Okay. So let's, uh, let's put this to bed. Let's uh, talk about uh, our final judgments on this film. Final judgments, bitch. Final judgments. <laughs> Is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you actually kind of like? Stuart, go. Uh, Well, like the Riverton Ripper, I believe that the movie My Soul to Take stinks. Wait, wait, I don't understand. Yeah, why would... Are you saying you think the Riverton Ripper stinks? Yeah, he lives in the woods. The Riverton Ripper thinks that the movie stinks? (laughs) No, I'm I'm thinking the character stinks because he doesn't bathe. He's got that crazy hair. But he's just a, he's that kid. He does bathe. Oh, so wait, it's not he's not the the original guy. He's just lived in the woods. No, his soul jumped into a kid's body. His soul okay, was I, taken. I I don't know if I can give a judgment. I don't. I didn't really pay that much attention. <laughs> well, then all of your judgments in the past have been rendered. <laughs> yeah, because usually you're, with a fine tooth comb, you're going over these films. <laughs> Often Stuart's like, Let, let's rewind that scene. I think there's some nuances that we missed. <laughs> the, I think on second viewing, I might be able to uncover some of more this layers. Film, I have to uh, look it over. Uh, I'm going to say... What about you, Danielson? Well, I'll give it points for employing our good friend Eric Zuckerman. Uh, you know, casting agents in Los Angeles. Please keep an eye out for him. He's a great young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I don't care for this film. <laughs> I found it difficult to follow and unpleasant. So, Elliot, what do you have to say? I think maybe my top ten of the decade. Oh. I think it goes Zodiac, Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. My Soul to Take. Wow. <laughs> nope, it was a bad, bad movie. Okay. <laughs> I really like those other two movies, which are good. You really like that part where, <laughs> the, uh, where, the, where the Ripper cut the Christian girl's throat and a shitload of CGI Did blood. Did I love that part? No, you, you were saying it looked well, really real. No. There, yeah, there's a lot of CGI blood in the throat-cutting scenes. I believe I said it was the worst CGI blood since, since Zatoichi. And there was no dancing, <laughs> although the end credits were pretty close. Yeah, that was close to the dancing in Zatoichi, except Zatoichi dancing was awesome. So, well, but I'm not a fan of CGI blood. There doesn't have to be so much fake blood in a scene. Just a little bit of like caro syrup is better than like torrents of computer blood. Yeah. So while Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, take that sly. And Sylvester the cat. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. 
Uh, now that Stuart is back from wandering off into the kitchen to get some water. And, I don't know uh, why you're narrating. They didn't notice. The audience didn't know he got know. up and came back. Well, I kept I kept acting as if I was about to say something, and then I felt like I needed to finish that thought. But they can't see that you're doing that. Yeah. Well, they could hear. No, they can't. This is here, not a video cast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I want to take care of some business Probably first. Yeah. I want to say, first off, uh, donation thanks to Kelly H. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you, Donating Kelly. to the podcast. I also want to say, uh, I got an email today about the 7th Annual Podcast Awards. Did we win? No, no. But. We lost. The nominating period will open, uh, t- tomorrow, but that will, that, that will be in the past by this time. This Whoa, you're hurting my brain, Isaac Asimov. <laughs> yeah. So what, what date does the, does the nominating process open? The September 15th? The process opens on the 15th. Uh, we will have some sort of link up on the site if you wish to nominate the Flophouse in all qualifying categories for your favorite podcast. What, are, I what say, qualifying categories do it? Probably like best podcast, mm-hmm. sexiest best, podcast. Best thing ever in the world. Funniest podcast. Funniest podcast. Handsomest podcast host, Ellie Kalen. Handsomest podcast host, Stuart Wellington. Uh, funniest podcast. You said that. Um, right, hold on. Coolest I podcast. can't help but think that I've been snubbed. DuckTales themed so. podcast. <laughs> that was just one episode. What were we even talking? Oh yeah, it was how to we kill Scrooge talking- McDuck. Yeah. Bury him in his money pit. <laughs> no one can hear him. Just cover him with coins. Everyone assumes he drowned and it was an accident. Yep. And um, that number one dime is all mine. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm beginning to think that Stewart is magic and dispel. Or Flint Glomgold. <laughs> Flint Hart Glomgold. Please. I, Please, I know him well enough that I just call him Flint. Okay. <laughs> Our man, Flint. <laughs> He's a duck. Okay, well, anyway. Our duck, Flint. So, some emails, some electronic mails. Okay. From people. Mail from the electrons. This Dear one. Flophouse, I'm very tiny, being an electron, <laughs> but I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I don't have ears, but I do have a negative charge. Anyway, Keep up the good work. girlfriend. Signed, E. Electron. <laughs> Signed, A. E. Electron. <laughs> How do I get a girlfriend? <laughs> oh, we're this that kind of a, a podcast. I didn't realize we were a romance podcast. Uh, this... Here's a pro tip for you, Electron. <laughs> <laughs> buy, buy a girl some flowers. They love that. Wait, wait that's a pro tip? <laughs> it's a pro tip. <laughs> a tip from the pros. I guess boyfriend, pro, professional boyfriend? Because that's a gigolo. No, yeah, I mean, I may, I'd be up for it. <laughs> well, we'll sign the contract later. <laughs> sure. So, this email is titled, Emilio Molestevez, and it says, Hi gang, just wanted to say thanks to Elliot from his enlightened and insightful critique of Sucker Punch's women problems. Hey, I was, no problem. I was just enheartened to read a lot of fanboy reactions to Sucker Punch that painted it as some sort of triumph for female-driven action films, and not the degrading spank-bank material it really is. Obviously, I turned to the Flophouse for all my feminist film criticism. Oof, with, with Pervo McCoy over here? <laughs> but yeah. that episode really hit it out of the park, especially since you also analyzed the Switcheroony poster. <laughs> also, Dan, please don't listen to this Brad clown. A full hour of Flophouse is perfect. Stuart, just keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Ashley, last name without... Yes. Now, I mean, my, I have one objection to this. What's that? And that is, I feel that... Stuart, you and I, I feel like you and I also joined in on the feminist critique Have of Sucker Punch. Have we had this conversation before? But we had it over email. Oh, okay. That's why. I, I was like, 
But uh, Elliot, you you get the, all the credit for some. I reason. made the strongest argument, and I believed it the most. And I'm not a total pervasoid. And I was just making fart sounds, probably. Yeah, but funny. Elliot. Yeah, I'm hilarious. <laughs> Let's be honest. You are a total pervasoid. I keep my total pervasoidness hidden well, behind my countenance. Lock and key. I don't talk about it in public. It's a private thing between me and my computer and my penis. Maybe <laughs> I'm a more honest person. Nope. More honest and open. Nope. And I should be valued for that. We all wear a mask. Awesome. Some are silk and some are leather, and yours you don't wear, which you should, <laughs> because awesome. your soul is hideous. How's that working out for you, Dan? I think that people have uh, responded to it well in general. Yeah, positively, sure. I am amazed you are not in jail. <laughs> uh, I will say there was a there was an article in the AV Club today about uh, Sucker Punch that made the interesting point that Zack Snyder thought he was making a movie decrying the objectification of women, and uh, I think he failed. Yeah, no, I yeah, it was he a, did it, the opposite day apparently. It, yeah. was, it was an interesting uh, article because I could sort of see I could see the, the argument point. of what he was trying to say, but like even if he legitimately was trying to say it. He did it wrong. Yes, and it came off as spank bank material. Yeah. But not like one of those good spank banks that you can trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a spank bank run by a drug boss. Sure. One of those spank banks that needed to be, uh, you know, like bailed out during the spank bank. Yeah, with uh, taxpayer sperm. (laughs) And then look at them. They're giving each other bonuses. Meanwhile, we're we're, we're paying higher taxes in sperm. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to link bonus to boners. <laughs> I can see your, I can see your, the look on your face as you immediately latched onto the word bonus. <laughs> good enough. I mean, good enough that boners. you recognize. So see, I've I've harnessed words sound like other words. I've heard yeah. harnessed my uh, perversion for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, this is this. Well, thank you, Ashley. Last name with Thank L. you very much. That's very nice. This glad uh, you've appreciated it. Message is titled Twin Sitters Premium. Is Just, that the membership level of Twin Sitters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is yeah. that like tr- Twin Sitters well, Unlimited? Well, you get extra content when you get <laughs> Wow. Then why are we not members? <laughs> so... This says, uh, firstly, I just wanted to say congrats on getting in on the AV Club and your first live event. Yes. Sadly, I was unable to attend because I live in Mississippi, which is both geographically and culturally a long way from New York. May I put hey, out Hey, come on. There's a lot of great places in this country. Let's not put them down. Sure. See? Run for office or? Uh, yeah, governor of Mississippi. <laughs> Uh, may I put out the suggestion that you guys record some sort of running commentary on Twin Centers a la Rift Tracks and put it up on iTunes as a premium episode. The money you make off the downloads can go towards helping Dan pay for the site or more beer and Popeyes. Either way, I've been a fan for a long time and it would be nice to at least get part of what the live audience got to enjoy. P.S. A few episodes ago, you started a contest with no prize that was quickly forgotten about. <laughs> sounds like one of our contests. That said, I thought I'd throw I think my... just... Finding that out is solving a contest. (laughs) That said, I thought I'd throw my suggestion out before the contest ruiner beats me to it. You asked what the Flophouse house cat would look like. I've always pictured him to be like the cat from the insane Japanese cult film House. It's white, fluffy, has glowing eyes, and is possessed by a demon. It's perfect. And that's from Sean, last name withheld. Well, thank you, Sean. Sorry you couldn't make it to the Twin Sitters event. It was amazing. It was pretty great. Stuart called a guy by his wrong name, and uh, we embarrassed our wives and fiance. Uh, I mean, like that—that—that that, that, that is a good idea. There are two problems with it. Uh, number one, it would require watching Twin Sitters again. Yeah. 
And number two... So you're saying it would be too pleasurable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number two, obviously, uh, I'm having enough technical problems not having hip-hop uh, occurring in the background of our podcast. Yeah. So figuring out how to do a uh, riff track style uh, commentary where we would not be recording the audio of the movie We'd we're watching. We'd have to be wearing headphones to watch yeah. the movie. And uh, that would that would be some I sort mean, of we, super we, scientific. We, we've uh, watched that movie so many times, though. We don't. I mean, we don't need to hear that's it. That's true. We know it word for word. Yeah. Yeah. We could watch it with the caption. Although I love to hear the songs. So <laughs> that's true. Maybe the songs are captioned. Yeah, I, I wonder hope if so. it is. I wonder if it is closed caption. If it's a DVD, it'll probably have subtitles or captions on it. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want somebody who's hard of hearing to miss out oh, on God. the fun of Twins Eddies. Oh no, not at all. One of the what is that? A super cut? One of the pinnacles of Western art. Yeah. yeah, it's right up there with the uh, Don Quixote poop and vomit scene. <laughs> so we are working on it to answer yes, your question. Yes, our, our top minds are on the, to on the lie to it. To lie to you, we will say we were working on it. We could work on it. I mean, you can continue to be to antagonize our listener, Dan. <laughs> or you can try and make a... a you can you give can, some platitudes like I... It's baboon heart. Nice. Doing that. I thought it wasn't a baboon heart. I think heart. it's a good idea. I think it is a good idea, we, and we can try. We'll see. I don't think if we would, we'll try to get it up at some point, maybe, but it won't be soon. Although we have, I mean, we have talked about doing another live event in the winter. I don't know maybe if that'll change the fact that he's in Mississippi, but yeah. Well, maybe by then he will move to a better state. Whoa! <laughs> Wowzers! There it is. There's the antagonist. There he goes. Yeah. Uh, Jake, last name withheld, writes in and says. I'm going to hey. assume his last name is The Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be And the Fat Man. So. <laughs> Jake N.T. Fat Man. <laughs> he writes in to say, Hey, dudes. Uh, it sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> that's three U's. Uh, I never really listened to podcasts until a friend of mine recommended this to me about six months ago. I listened to the famed Bratz episode and immediately was addicted. I assumed there were other podcasts as good as yours out there, but after hours of searching, I found nothing. So congratulations, you're the best. And now... Thank you. ...for my question. Oh, boy. Oh, they always want something. Yeah. We give and we give, and they take and they take. Is the mic on? Uh, he, <laughs> he says, if you had to fight one character from a movie uh, you've watched on the podcast, who would it be? Perhaps Sir Ben Kingsley, although he seemed to be a match for the Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah, that was it. Made no sense. This buff I young guy. Him. He's way tough. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's 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 wiry. He's a wiry old fellow. Um, I wouldn't fight the guy from Beastly because he was super strong. Yeah, he was Beastly. Um, maybe the, that. Oh well, I have my answer, but whenever you're, um, I'm just working through it. So I wouldn't fight the Olsen twin from Beastly because she's magic. Really? Do you remember any movie? <laughs> well, I'll say I would fight the angels from Legion because you could just push them over and they dissolve into dust. <laughs> it literally is like boxing a baby. <laughs> we went over this in detail in the Legion episode. I think I might fight one of the um, one of the Neanderthals from 10,000 BC if I was allowed a Uzi <laughs> to go up against their spear, mm -hmm. uh, just out of pure uh, spite for them boring me for a couple of hours. <laughs> but you'd have to see them hunt manics. Yeah. You know what? Well, what we call mammoths. I've decided. I'd fight the kid from Gooby because he's a little pussy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's like a little kid. I could beat him up. Sure. I mean... I don't know. I, I mean, Gooby I, might swoop in. I see, a cop and a I see a cop and a half type scenario coming <laughs> sure. where the kid turns out to be more than you can handle. 
Um, Kid with a badge. <laughs> it's the worst the nightmare. Worst kind. This is the, this next one is from Jake last name. Oh, sorry, that was the last one. Sorry, Jake the Snake and the Fat Man. <laughs> this one's from Jordan. Last name withheld. He says, "I just listened to your other pot your your podcast about old dogs, which was awesome, by the way, and wanted Thanks. to share some older good bad movies with you." Oh wait, I did do that one. You did do that, yeah. You it remember was Wild old dogs. Hogs that I didn't do? Yeah, you missed Wild Hogs, but Old Dogs and <laughs> Luck. Maybe you'll be here for Crazy Frogs <laughs> or Tired Logs. <laughs> <laughs> sweaty fogs I don't know if we shouldn't do that one yeah. <laughs> that sounds like one of those uh, movies Dan likes to watch huh you know I don't know what you mean like sweaty sweaty alright I don't understand like so, a workout movie yeah. like exercise well kind of I mean they're working out in it but uh, you <laughs> anyway know, uh, Jordan says that he anywho. wants to share some uh, good bad movies and his suggestions are uh, one uh, lethal tender Maybe my favorite bad movie. It stars, it stars Kim Coates from Battlefield Earth and Waterworld as the villain Montesi, one of the worst performances of a villain ever. It also has Gary Busey as a bad guy and Jeff Fahey as the good guy. Hmm. Always it, a good guy in my heart. It involves Montesi. <laughs> involves Montesi infiltrating a water fil- filtration plant. I love it already. And taking hostages. Number two, Radical Jack. <laughs> Is that like Kangaroo Jack? I don't know. All he says is it's is a like movie Rocky Crocodile? starring tomorrow. Billy Ray Cyrus. That's all the information. I feel like we need more information on Radical Jack. Yeah, we'll do some research on uh, Radical Jack. Number three, Free Jack. A lot of Jack movies. Sure. I'm sure you guys have seen this one, but one of the better oh, yeah. sci-fi good bad movies. And lastly, Monster Dog, a movie with Alice Cooper that is practically unwatchable. I don't know how that's possible. It's a movie about a monster dog with Alice Cooper. It seems like you have everything. You got everything. You know, like Frankenweenie? <laughs> well, maybe. Probably not directed by Tim Burton. No. I would assume. Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, was it like Man's Best Friend? Uh, About the, the government lab dog that escapes and befriends a family? I, I don't know. I haven't seen Monster Dogs. Stuart, tell us Stop about Monster Dogs. Stop looking at me like that. I have not seen it. Is tell it like Beethoven? Spin us a tale of Monster prob- Dogs. It's like Marmaduke. Is it like Beethoven's third? <laughs> yes. We got, why have we not watched Marmaduke for this thing? That's a good question. I think because Dan has already seen it. I have not seen it. Oh, Marm- yeah, you went to the opening, to the premiere. Because you're such a Marma fan. You're a real Marm head. I don't know. Marmafine? Real Marmite. <laughs> you're a real dookie. Uh, speaking of Marmite... <laughs> Our next le- letter comes from Melbourne, Australia. Oh. oh. All the way on the other side of the world. Good segue. From Dan last Segue of the week. <laughs> and it, it's titled, Good News for Stuart. Yes. And, it's going to uh, be about beer. Dan uh, says, Sean Hayes has a new show on NBC. <laughs> Hopefully, this sates Stuart's obvious thirst for new Hayes material. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the podcast, especially Stuart's random David Winham slam in the Old Dogs episode. Yes. Uh, Sean Hayes. I hate Sean Hayes. I I hate him so much. I didn't remember you had any particular feelings about Sean Hayes. Um... I don't. I mean, I, I. I'm sure I've said something. No, I. I remember his constant references to how he wants a Sean Hayes type in a, in, in a role. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the delightful humor of Sean Hayes. Like <laughs> this is what this needs. Just some Sean I, Hayes. Did I describe you as being a Sean Hayes type? I like you just come into a room not. and brighten it. <laughs> <laughs> it seems at odds with what you were saying about Sean Hayes just moments ago. 
what, and what, what you I say about Dan every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I love letters. Yeah, me yeah. too. That's my favorite part of life, is answering uh, letters for the Flophouse. So well, please write some more in, Flophouse fans. So you don't die? What? I didn't say it extended oh, okay. my life. I said oh, okay. the rest of my life is a sham. Uh, so let's turn this, uh, turn this, uh, Mother beat around. Out. Oh, okay. And, uh, let's move on to some quick recommendations about movies that perhaps people might want to watch instead of My Soul to Take. Uh, anything. Okay. So your recommendation is <laughs> My recommendation anything. is anything your eyes can look at <laughs> that is not this movie. No, I can uh, look I, at the window. I mean, unless beautiful there, Unless happening. you're looking out at the, the window... Onto a movie screen playing my soul to take. Oh my okay, God. guys, I uh, I'm all prepped, so so go ahead. Okay, um, let I'm me guess. Go. Let I'm me guess. Go. Is it's... it about a maniac that's invisible? <laughs> it's a movie called The Invisible Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Is that the only movie you watch? <laughs> yeah, I watched it the other day. <laughs> that's not true. I don't own it anymore. Um, more. Yeah, I don't court, have a VHS player. The court forcibly removed it from him. <laughs> For his own good. So it's called The Invisible Maniac. Guy goes invisible, kills a bunch of people, <laughs> kills a person with a submarine sandwich, <laughs> stomps on a guy's head and it explodes. Does anyone I mean, rip off his own Dean Dean this? Or is that just a castle for You're ignoring thing? the... the... God, he, said, he said be quick about recommendations. You're why, ignoring... why he's slowing me down? I mean, there's a lot of murder, but you're also ignoring the fact that The Invisible Maniac mainly becomes invisible to spy on naked women. Of well, course, I that's mean, the part that Dan would latch yeah, on to. Yeah, but that's primarily the thing about the movie. Well, I mean, I like the submarine sandwich murder. Okay. So, Dan, what's your movie? I thought it was more of like a like a character study. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's, a, it's a real slice of life caper. Uh, I like actually, a mumblecore film. I haven't... Uh... Maniac core. <laughs> I actually haven't seen a uh, movie that I would recommend in the past week, so I'm going to go to a just a classic recommendation. Uh, for my birthday, I got the Blu-ray of Sweet Smell of Success, which is a marvelous movie. It's a great jazz score. Elmer a Bernstein of, score. Uh, great uh, lead performances. Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis. Uh, a wonderful script. Ernst Lehman. Um, and just just uh, just uh, some beautiful cinematography. Well, the director was Alexander McKendrick. I don't remember who the cinematographer was. I'm going to say James Wong Howe. So I think you might be right. Actually, I'm going to guess because it looks like his stuff. Uh, so if you want to see just a real a real cynical tale of old New York uh, journalism, go out and watch the Sweet Smell of Success. It's just it's a crackling film, <laughs> as they would say. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's all I have. Oh, I thought you were going to end no, it with like a Gene more. Shallot type sign off. <laughs> Good buying. Good smell films. is the sweet smell of success. <laughs> You'll be On smelling Blu-ray roses all, all day. Mm-hmm. I will recommend a movie I did watch this past week. Um, it is a, a Danish action film uh, called Flame and Citroen, which is uh, from a couple years ago. It's about candles. Yes, it's about smelly candles. It's a it's a loosely based on the true story of two guys who were part of the Danish underground during World War II and were a two-man team. One of them drove and the other one shot Nazis and Nazi sympathizers in the head. And kind of about how seedy, even though they had a uh, noble goal, which was freeing Denmark from the Nazis, how seedy their lives could turn out and the lies and betrayal and so forth. Uh, and there are a couple of really good action shootout scenes in it. It was the most ex- – and stars uh, – 
Mads Mikkelsen was one of the stars in it. And uh, it was the most expensive movie ever made in Denmark, and I think it cost about $12 million. So it shows you how, unexpen- how inexpensive the rest of the world is. So there you go, unless Stuart wants to come up with a non With a real recommendation. Um, recommendation. That's what I want to recommend this week. <laughs> I figure if I repeat some of my recommendations, people are going to check them out and be excited. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm, certainly they'll be looking forward to that submarine sandwich scene. <laughs> I just saw an email recently where someone was thanking you for recommending Castle Freak, although I don't know how they saw Castle Freak because I don't believe it's on DVD or Oh, no, it's on DVD. Watch. Really? Yeah, they released a... Um, there's a Stuart Gordon set that has Castle Freak on it. Uh, I, I gotta get on that. The thing yeah. is, is, I mean, I just, I like helping people out. It's <laughs> kind of You're what I do, you know? You're a real public servant, yeah. Yeah. In the cause of Castle Freak and Invisible Maniac. Well, it makes people happy, you know? All right, guys. Well, uh... <laughs> Where there's a ding-dong being ripped off, I'll be there. Where there's a submarine sandwich killing a guy, I'll be there. <laughs> well, the sandwich doesn't kill the guy. The guy it's a weapon. <laughs> You don't blame the gun for shooting somebody. Sure I do, when it's an evil gun. <laughs> All right. When it's this? Megatron. <laughs> Let's, uh, when it's Gunzo, the talking gun. Let's wrap this up in the hopes that um, the audio on this was listenable. And I'll just say uh, that I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I will be Elliot <laughs> Kalen forever without beginning or end for eternity. Hi right, everyone. Can we turn the AC on? It's fucking really hot in here. <laughs> So you guys are going to come to my wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already have our tickets and hotel reservations. Uh, okay, you don't got to be a dick about it. <laughs> Just at this point, you should know we're going. I mean, we've both sent in. I mean, I- I'm excited to see. I RSVP'd. Well, we're we, we're sending out the actual invitation soon. <laughs> oh well, I must have RSVP'd to the save the date. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this bullshit.